Wistful Thinking is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For more podcasts about movies and nostalgia, visit cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. Welcome to Wistful Thinking, the podcast where we talk to each other. I'm Jordan Folden clark uh, With me is my co-host, Kara Gallo-Regan. Hello. And just to set the tone, uh, we've just been sitting here with each other, with our headsets on, just not talking to each other. Just like, making noises, just sighing like, a lot, yawning, <laughs> making other various noises. And for a moment, I thought, do we still know words? And the answer is, like, mm, do we? I don't know. Um, it is Sunday, March 22nd, 2020, which feels like it's important to document it's also at this 320. point. Lots of 20s. Oh, okay. <laughs> Three twenty, man, smoke up. That's, no, that's what you said it like, and I was like, no, that's next month. <laughs> well, it's um, three twenty in the afternoon. Just happened. To oh, it's three twenty in the after. I understand. Yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. I get it now. This, you know, there's not a lot of things you have to be real on top of these days with your brain. At least not in my life. So. Um, we've decided that we will be recording on purpose every Sunday now, I guess for as long as that feels like the right thing, so that if we ever look back, there's kind of like a purposeful, like, time documentation of the world, um, and we're gonna move to releasing on Monday, because if we wait longer than that, nothing will make sense anymore. Um... So we're moving now into some apocalypse movies. Is that the right way to say that? Do you think, Kara? Uh, apo- um, ap- we're we're gonna be talking about some apocalyptic themes. Sure. Yep. Yeah. And and yeah, watching some apocalypse movies because for some reason when the world is ending, I find them oddly comforting. You know, I'm taking notes. I am. Learning that I will die very early in any sort of crisis situation. Uh, and so I don't actually have to take that many notes. Because I'm not going not gonna to need to use them. Oh, buddy. JK. JK. <laughs> um, hey, I'm on week two of quarantine. Still alive. Still kicking. So... I do also want anyone who listens to this to know that after we recorded last episode, Kara sang almost in its entirety... <laughs> The um, Sarah McLaughlin sad dog angel song. Um, <laughs> That's one way to describe it. How would you describe it? Um, by its song name, which I think is something like it's the probably Arms just of the angel. Angels it's probably just angel. called angel. Yeah, but they use it but in a sad ASPCA commercial. Right, which everybody knows because it's very sad. And so I just want everyone to know that if you're a person who's still thinking about leaving your house, please imagine Kara. Um, in a, in the arms it, yep, there we go. Of the angels far away. I actually started crying the last <laughs> time that I sang it, so I'm not she gonna did. do that again. Yeah, she did. But, but imagine my sad face. I'm gonna die if you go outside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so 
That's how you start a you podcast, can still go outside. right? Just don't do it around people. Yeah. Yep. 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 This is uplifting. Extremely. Uh, okay. So, we, oh, do you want to say anything else about any of that before we actually say what we watched? Um, I don't know. I guess in this weird time, if we actually have any listeners, write to us. Let us know you're out there. What that are you would be doing? Cool. Where yeah. are you? How long have you been inside your house? Um, what strange things have you learned about yourself? Oh, uh, can I tell you? No, right to what is our email address? I'm gonna say that it's wistfulpod at gmail.com. Yeah, that's right. That's definitely right. Yeah, wistfulpod at gmail.com. We need new friends. Please entertain us. We will entertain you back. I'm an excellent chat buddy. Mm hmm. Can confirm. As is Kara, can confirm. Yep. Um, oh, I wanted to tell you something that I got really excited about that I learned today that I don't think I would have learned otherwise if we are not all doing this at home. I don't think I messaged this to you yet today. Um, I'm part of two chat groups that both somehow turned into groups of people creating like fantasy situations that we can exist in and in one of them I'm an, un- an unobtainable hot cowgirl oh and, hell yeah uh-huh yep that's right and in the other one um I'm part of a roller skating lumberjack team competitive team that sounds amazing also and I'm thinking about getting rollerblades you I yeah, sure. I saw somebody rollerblading around the neighborhood the other day and was like, ooh, am I a rollerblade person? You could, could be, be, but don't hurt yourself. I know. Well, that's the main thing is that, like, if I fall down, all of my bones will fall out of my body. Yeah, we can't have that right now. We can't have that usually, but we especially cannot have that right now. Right. Um. But so what it made me realize was that I finally understand why people play D&D. Mm. Because mm-hmm. I was getting, like, super excited about these fake worlds that we were creating and my role in them. And I was like, oh, I have some people to message to tell them that I understand now. <laughs> huh. Maybe we should start a and d game. Uh, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we have time to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah. Okay. So, we watched... Uh, 28 Days Later. Um, and I is... also watched 28 Weeks Later. Oh, I didn't know you watched. I would have watched it too. I That's didn't really I... want to though, but I would have. Well, I messaged you last night and they said that Idris Elba is in 28 Weeks, li- 28 weeks Later, which I only knew because I was watching it. Oh, it very you, meta, did, you didn't say... COVID-19 right now. You didn't say the part about how you were also watching it. I just oh, I thought that you... was implied. No, I just thought maybe you knew that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, 28 Days Later is a 2002 Danny Boyle movie with... How do you say the star's name, Kara? It's a hard C. What is That's his what name? I thought. So, then his name is Killian Murphy. Yes. Um, so in Gaelic, there is no like CS sound. All of the Cs are hard Cs, like Kara, like Killian. So it's not Cillian, it's Killian. Cause there's Thank you. Thank you for that lesson. No S sound. Yeah. 
I knew I knew that I didn't know how to say his name, mm-hmm. and I no one does. Now you can tell exactly how much research we do for this, because <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah, I, I didn't even really know his name. I just knew that it was going to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, so it stars Kelly Murphy, Naomi Harris, um, the guy also Brendan Gleeson, who is the guy who played Mad Eye Moody in the Harry Potter series. Um, and, you know, some other people who come in and out who I've never seen before. Um, uh, it is a, it's the first, it's, so it's a, it's a movie about, um, a, fuck. Virus. <laughs> are so hard right now. Okay. Well, I'm going to take over. You're going to do, it? Yep. You wanna do mm-hmm. it? Okay. Uh, it takes place 28 days after the first outbreak of a, a rage virus uh, that uh, was caused by testing something on monkeys. Uh, unclear. Um, but some animal rights activists like let some monkeys out of some cages in London. And then the monkeys uh, bit the people. And then they got this rage virus that makes them like ragey and it, it it also seems to be some sort of hemorrhagic situation where like their eyes turn red and they vomit blood on people there's a lot of blood um i think this is often cited as the um kind of the spark of the uh zo- zombie boom that happened in the last like 20 years 15 20 years god it's been a very long time hasn't it um because it's not technically a zombie movie, except that it's a zombie movie. It is, though. Yeah. I mean, it's always been that way in my brain. It was only this time that I watched it again that I was like, oh, I guess they're, like, not really zombies, but they are. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they share a lot of characteristics, however they run fast. And when I saw this for the first time, it scared the shit out of me. Me, me too. It was, it was the first time I'd ever seen a zombie go fast. Yeah, I didn't like it. I wasn't yeah. a fan. Uh, so anyway, 28 days after these monkeys get let out of cages, Killian Mur- Murphy wakes up in a hospital completely alone. Um, we learn that he had, later we learn that he had had like a bike accident um, and had been in a do coma. We do really? We know what the accident was? Yeah, he he's, says it very briefly. Okay, um, I missed that. that he was but... like passing through a intersection like on a delivery and got hit by a car um and so he wakes up in this hospital completely alone everything is like strewn in chaos he emerges out into the city wait he's also naked he's also naked naked. we'll talk about this more later there's a lot of him with not a lot of clothes on in this movie like kind of gratuitously and i'm not mad about it keep going um he also has a real weird haircut because he had a head injury (laughs) so it's like shaved around that but the rest of his hair is like grown out um which continuity wise if he's been in a coma for like 28 days doesn't make sense but whatever but we don't know when the last time is that someone was like caring for him so they could have been they could have been like still shaving the hair checking the wound like i don't know how it works yeah it seems relatively well healed um, and, like, didn't have a bandage on it for some I guess reason. that's true because it didn't, like, bust open during all the action. Right, all the running. Um, and he never once was like, ow, my head hurts. No, well, no, odd. well, he said he does have a headache. Oh, does he? Yeah, remember, it's kind of the first time that, like, um, 
Oh God, what's the what's Naomi Harris's character's name? Selena, no Serena, yeah, that sounds right. something like that. Um, it's Selena is her name. It's the first time that she kind of cares for him, and he realizes that she's like not just a total dick. Anyway, she gives him pain medication. Okay, continue. Yeah, well, she is one of the people that he encounters as he's kind of wandering the city. Um, I don't remember how that happens. No, and she's such a badass. She is a badass. It's like her and some other guy. He dies eventually. Um, or like not eventually. He like dies pretty, pretty soon quickly. after the game, Yeah, know? it's it's they go to Jim's parents' house. Does he die yeah. there? I think, I think so. Yeah. Um. Anyway, you know they're wandering, trying to find somewhere safe. Eventually, they encounter two other people, a father and daughter, and then it's just the four of them. And they're en route to a military base that they've been listening to a um, beacon on the radio saying, like, we're here. If you're alive, come find us. And then they do. And then it turns into, like, who's the real monster scenario where the military guys are bad? Um, You know, and chaos ensues. I mean, there's like a, I mean, I, there's like a whole, aside from the zombies, there's like a whole nother movie in this movie when they get to the military base and like. Yeah. It's almost like it's two, two movies. Like the, the one movie where they were wandering around this like desolate wasteland and then another where they're on this military base, which is horrifying in its own way. Yeah. Which I think what makes is what makes this kind of a standout movie as far as like zombie movies go, because um, uh, I just think they worked hard to. First of all, it's really really stylish, especially when they once like the action really escalates when they're at the military base. Um. But I think it takes something that's already like pretty dark and bleak with the zombies and makes it extremely more dark and bleak in a way with that the you humans. don't <laughs> that you don't necessarily see coming. Um, I don't know. You didn't like this as much as I did. No, I don't know why. Maybe I just like wasn't in the mood. Um, I I. I was annoyed by like how poor the the resolution was, um, and I'm not sure. I, I get, like it just it was shot on digital in 2003. The whole the so. whole thing wasn't though, like because I tried to because you that was like the first thing you said to me um, about where it did after... you stream it? I that's a good question. <laughs> I don't remember mm. Hulu probably. Yeah, that's where I watched it. Um. So, yeah, like, I kind of tried to keep that in mind, and I agree that a lot of it looked shitty at the beginning, but I read about why it looked shitty at the beginning, so I was like, meh, whatever. They, so, like, it wasn't all shot um, on digital video. It was just those parts, like, the parts where they're, like, in the middle of empty London, Mm -hmm. and it's because they had to shoot them really, really, really fast. Oh, with, like, ten cameras. Yeah, I did read that. Yeah, it's just, like, it was a time issue where they were, like, we don't have the time to, like, set this up for real. Um, but then, like, I I didn't notice it, like, once 
once they were kind of out of the city and in other places, I didn't think it looked so bad. Yeah, I guess I wasn't really paying attention to that anymore. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, like, I remember at the time being so terrified and it seemed like so innovative and it was at the time, but now it just didn't really hit me very hard. I thought uh, I, which is probably because of like all of the zombie content that has happened Yeah, in the interim. I, I feel this time I experienced it really differently than like when I first saw it, because like, I also remember when I first saw it being like super scared, like, like, you know, just like scary zombie movie. But this time I found myself like more thinking about the two main characters. And like, I think it's a really interesting premise to meet, to meet people like in the middle of an emergency and to not know very much about who they were before. Like, they give we have almost no information about either of these characters and so i think like selena doesn't have like a huge character arc like she kind of is who she is and you maybe like get some ideas about why she is that way but like jim has like a fun arc i think um where he wakes up you know, all confused and, like, you can't really tell who he is or what he's doing. He doesn't know what's going on. And then he fucking saves everybody by the end of the movie and is, like, such a badass and is so hot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm never gonna stop saying that. Um, So, like, well, and also, like, it's not, like, he, like, I appreciated, I appreciated, like, how he was, represented how he was portrayed in this because like it's not like he's some big strong hot dude you know like he's kind of skinny like (laughs) um probably looks kind of nerdy like um and he just gets to be such a badass so i like that yeah that's that's fine that's cool um also the music oh the music is great yeah i actually like the sequel more though okay tell me why um, I'm not sure. <laughs> I just did. Okay. Uh, this is good, good podcast content. Um, yeah, I don't really, I don't really know. I only watched it last night, so I haven't had much time to like let it crystallize. But, um, the premise of that is that obviously it's 28 weeks later, which is about six months. Um, and at the beginning, they kind of, like, mark time and show, like, okay, so this was the 28 days later mark. This was, like, all the zombies die of uh, starvation at, like, four or five months. And then um, at, like, 24 weeks, they start to try and repopulate um, London. And they're, like, bringing civilians in. And it's, like, under those circumstances that uh, these things like unfold these events unfold and there's um like another another outbreak that happens even among this like small population and then how they deal with that and stuff so i don't know i just i enjoyed it i thought it was interesting obviously there are just more people in it so there's more opportunity for like interpersonal horror which i always find more interesting 
than necessarily like the scary zombies you know that's why I do like the second half of 28 days later more because of like what happens when you have a bunch of human beings all squeezed together in an uncomfortable situation um I always find that a little bit more compelling than just like ooh scary monsters yeah, well, it's just, like, you can only get so far on scary monsters without right. if you don't add anything to that. Yeah. I'm sorry I don't have more interesting things to say. Honestly, I think I'm a little depressed today. Oh, I'm sorry. How come today? Oh, no reason in particular. Just, you know... Ups, daily ups and downs, just riding out this this thing. I've been stuck in my house for like nine days, so why wouldn't I be depressed, really? Yeah, agree. I mean, I've gone I've gone out for like walks around the neighborhood, and um, yesterday I went to the pharmacy drive-through to pick up a prescription. So it's not like I have been entirely stuck inside, but yeah, I'm just just uh. A little freaked out, a little sad. Yeah. Etc. You know. Same. Yeah. I... Earlier today, I was actually feeling great. <laughs> then this afternoon, I just got kind of like tired of everything. I think that's probably a little bit. It's like it feels like a roller coaster. Yeah. I think probably for a lot of people. Yeah, that we're all having <laughs> daily that's, ups and downs. Yeah, that's definitely happening to me also. Mm-hmm. Because, like, at the first part of the day, I'm like, all right, I'm being proactive. I have a routine. I'm drinking coffee, eating breakfast, doing some PT exercises, you know. And then I, like, lose momentum over the course of the day. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. I, yeah, and, like, I think we talked about this some... after we recorded last I don't think we recorded about this like it's like I'm having a hard time with how quickly people are like just like going online and being like oh it's like you know I'm thinking of myself and like how I usually spend my time and they're like oh look at all the circus you can do at home and like at home training and I'm just like I no like <laughs> And same with they're like, oh, here's all these circus shows that now people are making for free to watch and all this art and all this. And like, I don't know, I'm having like a really hard time like consuming that and taking part in it. And like, I think it's like, it's like, it's just so, it's just too depressing. Like I can't, I can't yet. Yeah, that's fair. It has, it has felt like nine years, but we're still like very much only very a little bit into this and has barely really gotten started so it's okay if you're like not ready to yeah and I I think I just wish that more people would because I can't imagine that like I'm the only one who's like trying to adjust slowly and like is having that problem and I but I just don't see that many people like talking about it in that way Um, I did see, I had one Facebook friend post last night, like usually they're like super into music and their family plays music and all this stuff. And they're like, I just can't, I can't do music at all right now. And I was like, Ooh, I get it. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's hard. I also I mean, I th- think both of those art forms are so often very collaborative. You know, so like in this time where we're all so isolated, it would make sense that it would be, it would feel hard and bad to try and do those things. That's that's what it is for me. And like, yeah, like it meets a physical need, but like more than that, it's a social need. And so like with that part gone and like, I know it's not going to be gone forever, but without like knowing when I'll get to do that again, like it's just too sad. Yeah. Well, you have plenty of time to come around on that. Sure do. <laughs> I also, like, I'm having a really hard time. Like, yeah, I'm a coach. I could definitely coach people online. Like, even friends have come to me and been like, hey, if you want to teach me this, like, I'll totally pay you. <laughs> um, and that's, like, great. And it's great that we have those choices and that I have those choices because not everybody does. But, like... I'm having a really hard time wanting to participate in capitalism, like yeah. wanting to participate in a system that, in my opinion, like has created this mess that's about to happen. Like, it's just, and and like people's inability to disengage from the system, or really they're like, you know, it's a privilege to be able to disengage from it too. Like, right. I understand that a lot of people absolutely just can't. And a lot of people just got jettisoned from it on consensually (laughs) well like yes and no because like I feel like even those people are still like I don't I don't I just like don't want to buy anything extra besides exactly what I need like I don't I don't yeah I'm just like like no thank you please oh no we talked ourselves into the sads. <laughs> oh. <sighs> I'm just so tired this afternoon, and I don't know why. I've been sleeping really well. <laughs> <laughs> well, but um, that's not necessarily the only reason to be tired is that you I haven't know. slept. I you know, especially know. not I know. in this body that I have, but yeah. I also, I mean, I did, I did a bunch of exercises earlier today, so it's not... It's not like I didn't do something productive. I I, th- I think I'm also probably less than other people because I have been struggling with this already for years. But like that struggle of like feeling like I should be productive when I'm not. Yeah. And, like you really don't have to be right now if that's not mm-hmm. where your brain and your body is. Yeah. And like that's a big that's a big thing for me too. Like that like capitalism tells us like we are not. We're not important, yeah, yeah, if we're not productive. And, like, I'm sorry, we're in the middle of a global disaster. <laughs> like, I think it's okay if I'm not productive right now. Yeah. Like, I'm going to take the time and be like, how do I actually need to deal with this? Yeah. And I feel like I do so such a good job of doing that the first half of the day. <laughs> Like, I really am so proactive and then just kind of crash. And I am having a hard time with that because I want to be handling this better than I am, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Whether I'm productive or not, you know, like, I don't know. Also, my allergies are really bad right now. Oh, no. And it's such a scary time to have allergies. <sighs> yeah. Well, I mean, the good thing is that I can decipher them pretty well now. And I know that, 
like what I'm feeling is allergies. Um, but I'm also like concerned about like rationing medication. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, because I, I had already like been prepared, like knowing that like some supply chain issue stuff might happen. Um, and like in general, always refill my prescriptions, like literally the first day that I can. So that over time, it kind of like that buffer time accrues. So I basically have like a full month. I'm basically like a full month ahead on refilling my medications, which is great. Um, for you know situations like these except that like this is going to be going on for a lot longer than I think any of us realized at first um and there are some like not not only because so much of our I mean everything that we get is manufactured in in China and East Asia but um particularly pharmaceuticals and stuff are and it's not just that those factories have been shut down for a couple of months but also that um they're using various things to try and treat this so every every time somebody thinks they have something figured out like they're it like causes a huge shortage in whatever that thing is um which we've seen start to happen in the last couple days because there was one study that wasn't even conducted well or ethically and the the lead uh, investigator on the study happens to be like the publisher of the paper that it was or the journal that it was published in so like that sets off a lot of red flags as far as like um is this good science or not um and it, it was only like 20 people in the study so just by nature of how science works that's not to be taken as like proof of anything you know you need to like replicate those studies and demonstrate that this is effective for a large number effective and safe for a large number of people um but basically the this this uh one study uh investigating a combination of a drug that's used mostly to treat lupus and other autoimmune diseases combined with an antibiotic um that that is somehow effective for treating COVID-19 um which uh our stupid fucking president then went on television and said like this is this is the we're, we're figuring it out this is what we got to do so now people are scrambling to get this drug and it's going to leave a lot of people who need it to treat their lupus um kind of out in the cold which is really fucked up um because also it's like not a drug that you want to take it's it has horrible side effects you know so people like scrambling to like take this this drug it's like people only take it because they absolutely need to no one would take this like unless their life was legitimately in danger um but because of the fucked up situation that we're in like people are losing their goddamn minds and 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 wealthy people are like stockpiling these medications which is so fucked up Um, as we saw in contagion yeah yeah so i don't know like the reality of that is hitting me i also heard from somebody who you know and like so much 
of this stuff is like word of mouth and like we don't even know if it's true anyway but I heard from somebody who heard from somebody who is a nurse at some hospital that has like a lot of COVID infections um that they are using like a combination of a few different things and one of them is high dose vitamin c um so i'm i'm nervous that my own access to that which is actually like an important part of how i manage my condition um is by taking a lot of vitamin c because it is a basic building block of collagen which is what my body has a hard time with making um so i'm i'm nervous about that you know running low. I'm nervous about any one of the components of my medications running low, of supply chain interruptions, like, you know, like the the implications for people with underlying health conditions in this situation is not just, oh, we might get this thing and have serious complications. Like there's, it's so much bigger than that. And there's a lot to be nervous about. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm generally very calm. I've been generally very calm. Well, you're still like, being relatively calm. Yeah, I am. But I, it just, like, I think the the magnitude of that aspect of it, it has been settling in for me the last couple of days. And, it, and it's that's really hard Yeah. to cope with. Um, especially because I know so many people who are going to be directly impacted by these supply chain problems that yeah. may lead to and their like, death that have like almost nothing to do with the stupid virus. And I think that's part of my frustration with like just things not shutting down fast enough with like everyone's like, I don't want to say selfish. Like it's not selfish to be like, I need my job. Right. Yeah. Like, but like the spread was, the spread is unavoidable. And the faster we all stop spreading it, the the faster there we can at least try to get back to life somehow, right? Yeah, I and guess so. so like, but I also, I mean, the other thing that I'm facing is that, like, even if we do get this somewhat under controlled, we're still going to be dealing with it for a really long time, Um and like trying to suppress future outbreaks of it. And until we have like an effective vaccine, which might come in 18 months, if we're lucky, like I'm still going to have to basically be on quarantine until, until that happens. Yeah. Cause everyone else is going to go back to normal and they're going to go about their lives. But like I, if I don't get this now during this, I'm still going to be continuously at risk until we have some more like effective tools to to fight it which yeah. is scary and that's true for a lot of people yeah yeah oh boy i'm also just like like they're running out of like basic medical supplies in hospitals yeah you know like a friend of mine posted on Facebook the other she works in the hospital as an ICU doctor and like they don't even have any confirmed cases yet and they're already running out of basic medical supplies and like what the fuck just because of the scramble to get those supplies has made them harder well, to get like why 
in a place where it's not there yet, right? Right. It's a complex combination of supply chain issues. The fact that they're in such, they've been in such high demand around the world for months. um, And that that many of the places that make them have been shut down um, or or various aspects, various components of that supply chain have shut down. Um, Yeah. And then that there's just this like, incredible need for these supplies um there just are not enough to go around and um it's just like to that hospitals in the united states you know like i'm i'm used to like raising money for supplies to send to someplace remote you know yeah. Like, the, like someplace remote needs basic medical supplies. And yet here, the richest goddamn country on the planet. And, you know, the people who need to take care of us in this time cannot take care of themselves and cannot protect themselves. That's horrifying. It is truly horrifying because it compounds all of the other like uniquely American problems that we have that are going to lead to such a crisis situation here. And then that the people who are supposed to take care of us in this time, not only are they like so overloaded, but they're not even going to have the supplies to protect themselves so that they can stay healthy to continue to take care of us. Mm -hmm. Bummer. I know. I'm sorry. I don't think you have to be sorry. Yeah. I think maybe in the future we should record earlier in the day before my sads before kick the in. sads happen. <laughs> yeah. We can try that. All right. But I can't predict where my sads will be at any time of the day, so Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's fun. I definitely like have the same roller coaster. Like this morning I was like be, like trying to be positive and like like what I've been trying to do is like to think of all the things like okay we know this won't be forever we don't know how long it's going to be and as you've just pointed out like the length of having to behave in this way like is varying for different people and much more challenging for certain people and I feel like a lot of people are under the impression that this is, we only have to stay inside for two weeks. I'm so like, tired of those people. <laughs> I'm so tired. And like, I, I can't even. I understand why that has been the messaging because I think, I'm not sure that we would be able to get people to actually do this if they knew that it was going to be indefinite. But like the amount of people who are like, we just got to do this for two weeks and then things will be fine. Um, yeah, right. Good it try. makes me nervous. And I, and I yeah. am like worried that there's going to be some riots in about a week and a half. The, the only reason I like, haven't worried about that is because in the places that are farther ahead of us, there are not a lot of reports of that happening. Yeah. Unless that's not true. T- tell me if I'm but wrong. Those, but those are places with less guns. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, and less, like, the the thing that is so worrying to me about the United States and, like, the thing that I think has been one of the greatest challenges to get people to make behavioral changes to flatten the curve is that, you know, uh, American like individualism oh that, yeah like, i yeah. get to do what i want to do and no, and government no one is can tell, tell me, me what to do and the government can't tell me what right. to do right um that makes me really nervous which is just like 
okay, sure, and also like. You live in a society. Yeah, and like we are also, all like, why does that mean you get to behave without thinking about other people? Listen, I, yes, I understand. I know you do. <laughs> we're, we're just like preaching to the choir to each other, but yeah, yeah. I I understand exactly what you're saying, and I'm constantly furious about it. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> um, like what I was saying, what I'm trying to do is just to be like, okay, like what. Like, how good it's going to feel when we do get to get out of this, no matter when it yeah. is. Like, I just, like, texted my friend today, and I was like, I can't wait to hug you, and I'm going to cry so hard. I'm going to cry now, just talking about it. And then she told me that she was going to cry, and then I was like, but then I'm going to cry harder if you start crying. <laughs> and, like, I don't know. It'll just be really cool when we get to see each other again for everybody. <laughs> I can't really make those kinds of plans, though. Like, I know. I, can't, I personally can't count on that. No, oh, I know. No, I, I know, and I, I, like, that's why, like, the whole thing just makes me so angry. That, like, yeah, of course, a lot of it is not necessarily preventable, but, like, there are parts that are, there are things that people can do to help it. <sighs> you know, and that they're just not, is like... Well, I mean, they are more than they were the last time that we recorded. Well, yeah, I mean, at least in the state that I live in, um, because they don't have a choice. But that's because, like, yeah, like, look how bad it got there. Like, and I'm sure that some people are still being stupid. Yeah. Well, people are always going to be stupid. Well, yeah. <laughs> if there's one thing we can count on in this life, it's people being dumb as fuck. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Why does that have to be the universal truth? <laughs> <sighs> I mean, it has gotten really bad in New York. However, we are doing more testing than any other state. And so, of course, it looks extremely bad here because, because we actually the have the numbers. Yeah. Um, and even still, like, there are people who need to get tested who can't. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's bad. But, um, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Governor Cuomo, but, um, like, and it's because the federal response to this has been so, so lacking <laughs> and so, I mean, exactly what I expected it to be, basically. Um, you know, a, a certain state governments are kind of stepping in and um, providing leadership where there should be. Um, and I think he's doing a pretty good job. I mean, dystopian mobilization of our prison population to make hand sanitizer aside um, which is one of the first things that he did which is truly still truly horrifying to me but um you know he's like actually doing something and that's nice <laughs> that's comforting you know at least it's not like a complete and total laying down on the job but yeah. that's you know on a state-to-state basis on a state and local level is where that kind of leadership is happening because the federal government can't get their 
can't can't and does not want to get their shit together because they are who they are because yeah Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just a real fucked up situation. I, the other thing that I keep finding myself kind of appreciative of is, I think, I mean, we talked about this without not recording, but I think this is. I think it's interesting to find out who you are in an emergency and like what kind of choices you're making and who, if you have the choice, like who you're choosing to surround yourself with and how you treat them. And I think we all need to sit back and look at that for ourselves. So Jordan, who are you in an emergency? I'm a canary. Explain um, that for the people. I don't think I have explained this to Kara off air, but I don't think I've ever explained this on the podcast before. Um, I went through a situation at my job at my circus school um, where it doesn't even matter why, but a bunch of really sucky shit happened and we basically almost lost the school. Um, like not super suddenly but like pretty suddenly it happened kind of quickly um and I ended up we we didn't lose the school um it it had to like be remade with like completely new management and whatever and um I was part of the administrative team that put the school back together there was like there's four or five of us um and I was sitting, I had two bosses, and I was sitting with both of them one day, and one of them looked at me, and he was like, you know, I really appreciate you, like, you're, you're like a canary, because, like, I am the type of person who, like, will really try to pay attention to everything that I see going on, and, like, do my research, and, like, try to be well-spoken, and, like, smart about what's happening but at the same time I'm an extremely passionate and angry human being and like you know so if I see like an injustice or like something that I think needs to be fixed I become incredibly vocal and like passionate about it and so like that's what I was doing at that time (laughs) and so he was like yeah no it's fine like you're the canary like you're alerting us to a lot of the things that are happening that like we don't necessarily see And I was like, oh, wow, okay, thank you. Like, I appreciate you, like, that you appreciate that, like, whatever. And I, and, like, a week later, I found myself thinking about it, and I went to my other boss, and I was like, hey, um, you know that the canary dies, right? (laughs) And, like, we just laughed and laughed, but, like, it's true. The canary dies. Like, that is, like, being the person who does that, like, sucks (laughs) um but I like in the last week I've realized that like the way I'm behaving now like is actually quite similar um but also that it's not exhausting and bad for your health (laughs) yes I mean yeah because like you can only do that for so long without 
anything changing before you just can't do it anymore. And like, so that's, I think that's what I'm trying to come to terms with like this week or like, like in the coming days is just like, I can't, I can't tell other people how to live their lives. I can't control what other people do. Like, as strongly as I feel about things like I have I have to be able to like be calm enough and like measured enough to know when I should be doing that and when I just need to shut up and so that'll be like an interesting journey for me yeah a superpower you have to learn to control totally yeah which will only make it a stronger superpower so exactly Kara, who are you in an emergency? Um, I'm also a canary. Um, I was definitely a canary at work because I was the first one to take any of this seriously and be like, uh, I'm not going to come back. <laughs> I'm going to be home and be safe. You know, while everyone else was still like, oh no, we'll come to the office. No big deal. Um, and now... of the state workforce needs to stay home, so. Good Um, job. You called it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, Yeah, I take in a lot of data, and I'm always kind of crunching that data. And it's it's partially because I am so, like, exposed or I feel so exposed, like I'm kind of a raw nerve existing in the world as like just by the nature of my chronic illness. Um, and so I, I take in a lot of, there's a lot of input that comes into my brain. <laughs> um, and I don't, I can't always crunch it, but when it does, I usually get some kind of, you know, earlier than others insight to the situation at hand and try and act accordingly. I don't always, but when I listen to the little canary inside my heart, um, I do. I also, I remain very calm. I mean, especially if it's like an active crisis situation, I get very calm, um, sometimes inappropriately. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And uh, usually I'm cracking jokes along the way because my brain just all, doesn't know how else to, look, to, to deal with it. Yeah. We're never going to stop cracking jokes. Yeah. Truly and if I do, extremely that, wrong. something is very, very wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but also, I mean, I found in this time that I have been... Uh, very social and checking on people and organizing people and you know um, uh, I I feel like because I've had so much practice in this isolation thing (laughs) and this fearing for your life thing um, that I have resources to offer people um, and and more than anything else and the same reason that I started my old podcast in sickness and in health is that I just want people to feel less alone because we're all going through it, especially this, this time, this crazy situation that we're all in. Um, and, uh, it's intensely isolating, but we don't necessarily need to be as intensely isolated 
as we can be because we have this technology and we can use it. Um, and I have the technology skills to be able to um, organize people and get them together and get them talking and making them make each other feel less alone. So that feels cool that I can actually um, use my skills in a way that makes this all safer and healthier. And also that I have a tremendous amount of knowledge that I can share with people and educate people about public health in a time where uh, that is so necessary and there's so much information coming at people and people don't necessarily have the um, information literacy or the health literacy to be able to um, actually figure out what it all means. And I do have that and so if I can share that with other people um, and spread good information that is important to me also I love that and I appreciate you and I also want you to know that I just keep telling other people how much I appreciate you even if they don't know you (laughs) that's nice thank you (laughs) um because I, because like, I, yeah, I mean, I just think so much of how I think of this and what I know. Like, obviously, I'm a person who seeks information, and it's information that I would have, I guess, had anyway. But like, you have such a specific lens um, to put on it. And like, I don't know that I would have ever found that somewhere else. And I actually think that that's been really important in the way that I view a lot of this. So, thanks. You're doing a really good job. Oh, I'm going to (laughs) cry. Well, look, I already cried once in this podcast. Go ahead and cry. Yeah. Well, and I just like... I appreciate that. Yeah. I just like... I mean, this has also made me know how lucky I am to like have the people in my life, in my life. Like, Mm -hmm. I've been... I don't want to say weeding out, (laughs) but like in the last year I've made some changes that have really like solidified like who's in my life and who's not. And that like a situation like this like really helps me know that like I have made some good choices Um, because I also like have been using this as an opportunity to just like talk to people. Yeah. pretty much constantly and you know they're they're good people and that's cool yeah uh that's interesting because like my experience with chronic illness has kind of served to do the same like it weeds people out of your life <laughs> whether you want it to or not kind of you know because there are going to be people who get it or people who will try to get it and people who absolutely won't and, um, you know, to, to learn the, that lesson that way of like, who is for real and who is not, um, sucks, but it's a valuable one. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's been so weird and so interesting to watch so many people learning so many of these lessons, like only for the first time. I just, like, keep hoping so hard that this 
can cause change like in people and systems and I don't actually yeah. have faith that it will but oh, me neither. <laughs> I'm like still like a small part of me is like still trying to hold on to hope that like maybe it can at least change some people and some things even if they're small yeah I mean I one of my biggest hopes you know aside from us not dying and us you know not having a full societal collapse you know not the big picture stuff uh but one of my biggest hopes is that this opens up a lot more remote work opportunities because working from home attending school from home um these are things that disabled people have been asking for for literally decades at this point um just from an accessibility perspective um you know an online school and online work um is not necessarily more accessible for everyone because people just learn in different ways and they function in different ways and depending on how you make that content available it can be more or less accessible but um yeah no i mean it it's <laughs> the weird thing about this is that this is the best that I've felt in months. Like literally this is the healthiest I've been in months because I'm not using so much of my energy just on physically being present at work. I can just do my work at home and then use all of that other energy to like make healthy food and exercise and like really take care of myself. Um, and it just like allows remote work allows me a level of health that I cannot have if I'm working outside the home. Um, and so that's, yeah, that's really something that I, I really hope persists after this, that people finally understand that like remote work is possible and, um, you know. One to like, just like, tag on to that like that rest is really important oh yeah that also rest is super super like, important yeah I mean I've I was talking to a family member today who was like wow like I really see how much I needed to slow down and like I like we all do and like I'm a person who has like basically decided to live in a pretty unstable way but, like, that's part of the reason why I've chosen to live that way is because I want to value, I want to value my, like, need to rest, my need to make certain choices, um, and that's, like, a really challenging thing to do, the way our world is set up, and I just, like, think it's the most important thing it's more like you know again I know I recognize that I'm in a really privileged place to be able to say that but like in my life because I'm lucky like it's more important to me than making money like you know but I have safety nets right um, I haven't used them but like you know I have places to go I have people who will make sure that I don't you know end up homeless or whatever but I just think a collective shift would be really important for us all. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how life goes on after this and how it does change our society because it absolutely will. It's just a question of how and in what ways. Mm -hmm. 
Well, watch 28 Days Later. It's a good movie. <laughs> if that's the kind of thing that you can deal with right now, I assume that not everybody can. But um, Killian Murphy's hot, and he only gets hotter the more savage he gets. So, you know, go and for it. a lot of male frontal nudity for you. Yeah. Like, really, really <laughs> gratuitous. Like, for no reason. Like, why? Like, there's a part... Actually, we talked about this a little bit. It happened in Point Break, too. There's, like, a sexy shower scene. It's not, like, super sexy, but it's, like, totally unnecessary. It's totally unnecessary for the plot of the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, what I also didn't say is that um, Naomi Harris um, was in. I don't, you probably don't even remember this, but like we did an episode once where we talked about our like favorite or our childhood crushes. I think we did, and I was obsessed with this show called The Tomorrow People because I was in love with one of the dudes on it when I was like ten or whatever, and she was also on that show. Oh wow! So world. I love seeing her in something. She's not. She's in a few other things I think that I've seen, but she's I, she's not in that much. She's probably in a lot of stuff in England that we just don't see. Yeah, maybe. Welp. <laughs> I think we should call it there. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go for a walk. Maybe that'll help. Okay. It's okay if it doesn't, but I'm glad you're trying yeah. something. Yeah, I'm trying to exercise at least a little bit every day. And I already did today because I did my PT exercises and some yoga stretches and some Pilates stuff. Um, but it would be nice to go outside, except for the pollen. I That's why I didn't do it sooner. I would have done it, like, first thing this morning. I would have gone for a walk. But I know that, like, when I get back, I'll have to... I'll have to take a shower to wash all the pollen off of me yeah. <laughs> and then lay down for a long time because it makes me feel sick. So just walk in a tight, tight rope of weird circumstances. What are you going to do with the rest of your day? Um, Probably not that much. Um, I'll probably edit this podcast um, and then I'm going to cut out all of those long silences. Yes, I will. <laughs> um, and, oh, so if you're listening to this edited, there are some long silences. <laughs> We're in a weird place. Um, uh, I'm going to eat dinner. It's been, so I'm at my friend's house in Michigan right now. I don't even think I said that. I've changed locations since the last time we recorded because this is a safer place for me to be right now for a lot of reasons. Um and it has been nice to, like, my friend and her partner are, like, super into cooking. Oh, nice. There's a ridiculous amount of food here. Um, so it's been nice to, like, eat, you know, I don't super care about food. Like, I'll eat pretty much whatever is around. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's nice to have good food. It's nice to sit down and eat it with people every day which is what like we've made sure to eat together so far since I've been here so I don't know and then I don't know probably just watch stuff I might keep watching The Good Place I started it over again because I just was in a place yesterday where I needed to laugh and cry like at the same time and I was like well I know how to do that (laughs) The Good Place does that for me every time yeah I keep having these weird little, like, crying episodes that just kind of, like, bubble up out of nowhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Ah, uh, a strange time. Well, we do this once a week now, so we will be back one week from today. Mm -hmm. um, we'll try we to talk about safe next time. Talk that about movie what? that I sent you. Safe. Oh, I didn't even. Oh, I yeah, you did tell me about it. Okay, yeah, we can do that for next time. Um, hopefully it won't be as sad. We'll try to record in the morning, uh, but uh, probably not. It's probably going to be worse. So, <laughs> But uh, by the time we record next time, I will know whether or not I picked up COVID-19 at work or not. Okay, great. I'll still have because a week to go have after that. Days. Yeah. But yeah, cool. So we'll give you that update next time. <laughs> uh, do you want uh, anyone to find you? Sure. I mean, I'm on the internet a lot these days. You can follow me on Instagram at Bimps, B-I-M-P-S-E, or on Twitter, same handle. Um, yeah. I am on Instagram at JordoPC. We are on Instagram at WistfulPod. We don't post there, but you know what? Go ahead and follow I, it. <laughs> I did. I did update it a little bit a few weeks ago. Oh, thanks. Good posts. job. But I have not since kept up with it. Um, but yeah, sure. Follow us there. Send us an email, wistfulpod at gmail.com if you want to, I don't know, tell us about what your life is like right now. Tell us a story. I don't know. Yeah. Um, all right. Be good to each other and stay safe and make good choices. Bye. Bye.